everybody. Welcome into the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh, and we are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, that's SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you give us a follow there on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Once again, that's on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. We are back this week with Chris Dawson to break down the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, before we get into... The games there. Also, uh, by the way, make sure you follow Chris on Twitter at Cash Gritty. Um, before we get into the divisional round, uh, of course, let's take a look back at the uh, the weekend that was the NFL uh, wildcard round weekend. Now, I know you and I both were very high on the Eagles, and of course, you know the the injury to Carson Wentz there was uh, was certainly devastating, none the least. But uh, how how'd the rest of the weekend go for you? Um, it it was okay, you know, of course. Took a loss on the Eagles game, and although um, I wasn't fully prepared during our last podcast to give out all of the picks, I did um, did send our clients and added on the Tennessee Titans at plus five. So the only two plays I had for last week was the Titans plus five as a winner. And then, of course, um, lost on the Eagles game. So one and one for last week. Now, it was pretty cool for some of the online books here. And again, it was even more uh, more noble of some of these books to do it, considering the, the Seahawks were getting absolutely hammered by the public. But uh, some sites actually gave uh, – some gave a full refund. Some, some gave uh, partial bonuses or things like that to people that backed the Eagles in that game. So uh, I know it was one FanDuel. I got a $50 bonus from it for that. So that was kind of cool to see. But, uh, of course, you know, when you're at the brick and mortar places like that, impossible to do anything like that, but good, service, yeah. good customer service on the part of those folks out there. So, yeah, that's good to hear. That's actually good to hear that, um, you know, they're willing to, uh, to help betters out whenever they get in a bad situation like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, of course we had that there, but, uh, any, any major takeaways that you saw in, uh, in the wild card round? Um, I mean, it was uh, definitely an interesting week, you know, and unfortunately we had the um, Carson Carson Wentz injury that kind of, I guess, sent that Eagles game um, in a different direction than what we expected. Uh, you know, I think the Vikings going into New Orleans and, and looking very good was, um, you know, I guess I wouldn't say surprising, but it was kind of surprising that they were able to win the game and yeah. not just cover the spread. And, uh, you know, they're, they're playing really hard. I think it'll be interesting to see um, what transpires as they go into San Francisco this week. You know, I, again, um, after breaking down the game further after our podcast last week, I, I really expected uh, the Titans to do what they did in New England. Um, I think a lot of betters were just a little skeptical of going against New England at home in the playoffs, but right. Going back to what we've seen this season, we know that New England just had a lot of, um, you know, deficiencies that they just uh, could no longer mask. So, um, but no, I, I wouldn't say any, you know, true major takeaways. I, I think everything played out, you know, um, accordingly, especially since we're in this time of year and every team is capable of getting hot right now and, and making a strong push to win the championship. So speaking of that Eagles game too, which uh, which side of the coin did you land on with the Jadavian Clowney hit? Dirty play or just honest mistake? No, I think it's an honest mistake. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not real trigger happy with the flag. So 
you know, I'm, <clears throat> anytime they're uh, play like that, they choose not to call, especially in a big playoff game. I, I usually side with the rest when it's a, you know, a judgment call in that direction and, and they don't call it. I think that's kind of a good thing. You know, the, the game is uh, always kind of, um, you know, I, want, I don't want to use the term controlled by flags, but, uh, you know, the, the outcomes are, are, are definitely um, are affected by that. So I like the officials to be as least involved as possible whenever we can get games like that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, too, in that, uh, in that Viking Saints game, I would have loved to have that, uh, that been a pass interference call there on Kyle Rudolph. Had the over, I bought it all the way down to 47 and a half. So, uh, of course, if the Vikings kicked that field goal in overtime, I would have had an opportunity to, you know, have the Saints come back and possibly hit that over number. But it was not meant to be. Uh, that was very surprising, too, to not see the Saints, you know, you know, muster up more than 20 points. Of course, a couple of mistakes in that game really hurt them. But uh, they, they'll be watching the rest of the playoffs now, so... Yeah, and in regards to the pass interference, I mean, we just need to get rid of this pass interference review thing because it's just not working. Um, it's just as inconsistent having the review as it was before we had the review and what was pass interference and what's not. I don't really think it's clarified anything and um, not real sure what they can do to fix that. But, um, you know, it seems like this whole pass interference review season that we've just had just uh, – just wasn't really as impactful as what the NFL was uh, hoping that it would be and you know changing some of these outcomes of the game yeah so it's a it's just a tough thing you know to deal with yeah and of course too the the team that had that rule put in had it happen to him again uh this season so they the Saints just cannot catch a break and you know in regards to that actual play there was you know some some hand battling going on on both sides so uh, again um it should have been flagged or not. I think it's very uh, opinionated, and um, I didn't have a dog in the fight. So usually, as as a better, when you have a dog in the fight, that that kind of can sway your opinion as well. But uh, you know, they could have called it either way, and yeah. um, you know, depending on what you bet on, um, kind of could predict. You know, what how you want things to go. But yeah. it, it, it was it, it'd be tight to see where it'd be tough for. Uh, you know, Saints fans and money backers to to accept that they um, not only didn't call it, but reviewed it and decided to stick with the decision they'd already made. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so uh, nice breakdown there of wild card round weekend, but let's get into the divisional round matchups. And we begin with those Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. Niners seven-point favorites in this one, uh, minus 295 there on the money line. We've got a total of 44 in this game. Total started at 45, bounced down to 44 slightly. Uh, any particular lean on this one with the Niners uh, ha- defending the number one seed and coming off a of bye week? Uh, well, I, I won't be uh, placing a wager uh, pregame on this. I, I do kind of lean towards the 49ers minus the seven. Um, when we look at all of the playoff teams left, you know, in my opinion, uh, the Vikings and the 49ers, when we look at run defense, pass defense, and then running and passing offense, I believe that uh, these are probably two of the most overall balanced teams that we have. Um, what kind of has me hesitant, uh, of course, on the Vikings is that they're playing a team that is rested and at home. And what has me only leaning the 49ers and not really pulling the trigger is that being Jimmy G's first playoff start. I believe that this game, if everything played out turnover and mistake free, 
um, would go down to the wire, but I'm expecting uh, one of the two between Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins to maybe crack a little bit and um, cause their team a, a victory here. Uh, which one it'll be is hard to say. You know, Kirk Cousins has been slowly kind of uh, gaining our trust in these bigger moments as he's been playing well. But again, if we look overall, you know, he has struggled some of these big moments. So we'll see if he continues his uptrend in these big games. And for Jimmy G, we just really don't know uh, what his nerves will be like to start out with. So I don't really have a good feel on, on um, a flow of the game and how it'll go. Um, it'll be one that I'll look to watch the first half and see if I can pick up um, something to move forward going into the second half. Yeah, a couple interesting notes here that I found in doing the research for this game. Number one, uh, you know, we're talking about Jimmy G, and of course the Niners are going to rely on that running game a lot too. Uh, no other team had more rushing touchdowns than the 49ers this season, and the Vikings allowed the fewest rushing touchdowns this season, so that could certainly be a key aspect in the game. And then, of course, Adam Thielen uh, actually hurt his ankle at practice today, so, you know, that's just another... You know, chinking his armor there. Um, you know, you gotta really gotta see how that's gonna play. If no Thielen in there, you know, that's certainly gonna dictate. Uh, you know how, how the uh, how the Vikings kind of alter their offensive game plan, and then two uh, linebacker Quan Alexander, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, great will be. Uh, well, he he has been cleared to return, so uh, definitely big upgrade for that Niners defense. Yeah, I think it's. Um, you know, this could possibly be the best game of the weekend and uh it's an interesting one for sure um the 49ers a lot of people have them picked as you know their super bowl predictions and coming off the bye week and being well rested against the vikings team that you just mentioned is um, not just a little bit banged up on the offensive side but also on the defensive side uh they have a a defensive tackle who's questionable and i believe that they're um one of their cornerbacks, uh, McKenzie, is uh, out as well. So, um, but again, you know that they, they have the veterans and they have uh, the veteran coaching staffs who have been in this situation before. So, I, I think it's a hard game to handicap and a fun one to watch for me. For sure, uh, and also too, we've got. I, I know that you don't really look at this that much, but uh, with Kirk Cousins not playing in the Sunday one o'clock window. You know, we've seen him struggle at certain times. Obviously the game against Dallas went the other way this season, you know, where he got that, uh, that Sunday night victory. But, uh, that I'm always, I'm always looking at these little nuances to help us out. So we'll see how cousins does on this Saturday. It's going to be interesting. Indeed. Indeed. It will. Any, uh, any lean on the total here? I know that you said you're probably not going to place a bet down pregame, but, uh, anything in game here? Um, no, not so much. Um, you know, both offenses are, are very balanced and I, I think we could really see it go either way. If, you know, both teams or either team really struggles to run the ball, they, they do have the weapons to open it up and possibly make this an offensive game. Um, on the flip side of that, I think that both teams do want to establish the run. And if one or both of them is able to do that, um, then we could see some, you know, long drives really really chunking away at the clock and then also both defenses are really good especially when it gets down to the red zone so um, I just really could see this one going either way I wouldn't be shocked if if we're looking at a you know 17 to 13 game 20 to 17 
or if it becomes a shootout and we're up there around, you know, 27 to 24 or something like that. I, I think it's a hard one to predict. All right. All right, fair enough. All right, let's get into the second matchup here on Saturday night. We've got the Tennessee Titans at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens, 10-point favorites, uh, minus 420 there on the money line. And we've also got a 46.5-point total on this one. Interesting stat I saw today, uh, playoff games involving uh, the one seed against the six seed actually have gone under the total in all 11 of those matchups. So this could certainly be one here with two running teams. Do you see it going that type of way? Um, I, I don't have a play on the over-under, but I am strongly leaned uh, towards the over. Okay. Um, the Titans offense. Since the trend, having, baby. Yeah, the Titans offense with Tannehill in there um, has played really, really well. You know, the offensive um, uh, offense in the red zone has really been lights out with him in the game. And then we know that the Ravens, you know, they, they can score in bunches whenever their their offensive scheme really gets clicking on all cylinders. So I'm 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 leaning towards this one possibly staying a little bit, maybe slower paced early, but opening up later. So I'm not going to be placing a wager on the over under, but I, I would definitely lean the over. Okay. Now I know Mark Ingram, he had the uh had the calf injury in was a week sixteen. Uh, which was actually the the Ravens' last meaningful game of the season. Um, any, do you see that maybe? All right, no Ingram in this one, so maybe the Ravens go with a little more of a passing attack. Well, I think they may be, you know, forced to uh, for the simple fact that the Titans are certainly going to be looking to, you know, stymie the Ravens' run game. Um, but if they're able to or not, that's that's going to be the big question mark, and that's a. Uh, you know, another kind of indication that has me leaning towards the over is if the Ravens are able to run the ball, they're going to score points for running the ball. And if not, you know, they're definitely going to open up the pass game. And I would expect the Titans to offer them some one-on-one coverage that could be exposed deep downfield if Lamar Jackson is able to make those throws. Now, Again, I know your favorite play here is on the total, but uh, either side that you're leaning particularly on here? Well, no, my favorite play is not on the total. I'm just no, leaning okay. towards the okay. over. Right. I do have a very strong play on this game. It's definitely going to be my play of the week, and we'll give it away for free. Um, I like the Titans' first half money line plus 230. Oh, interesting. All right. What, what's and the reasoning here? I, well, I, I, I believe that the Titans' offensive – game plan um, can be a little better scripted to start the game. The Ravens defensive coordinator, you know, Don Martindale is a phenomenal defensive coordinator, but he's not really looking to disguise or um, I guess hide what he's going to do. I think they're going to play a lot of man coverage and to open this game. I see them really stacking the box and challenging the Titans to throw the ball. Um, we could even see some, you know, cover zero on, on, third and shorts. I believe that the Titans and Tannehill are confident right now to open up the offense. I think they're going to score some points early. On the flip side of that, uh, the Titans defense is much more, um, I guess, aligned with kind of a Bill Belichick approach. You know, they're going to game scheme this to confuse Lamar Jackson, uh, mix up coverages between you know zone and man, also show much different fronts in the box. And I think that the Ravens will come out a little bit conservative early and the Titans will have a good opportunity to uh, jump on them um, offensively and defensively. And we could see the Ravens taking a little bit of time to figure out what the Titans are doing on defense. 
Um, the reason why I like the first half instead of the full game is, you know, as I mentioned, Don Martindale is a very good defensive coordinator, and I think that he'll make some second half adjustments that could um, could change things in the second half. Also, the Ravens, you know, coming off of the bye week last week is an advantage, but there could possibly be a little bit of rust early on. And again, the Titans, you know, beating New England at New England should come in here uh, and be very, very confident uh, after kickoff opening up this game. Playing with house money at this point are the Titans. Uh, Very, very good. All right, so one interesting number I completely forgot to mention uh, before we got kicked off with these games. Uh, I saw this, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna have this out there probably a little more. But did you know, Chris? Since 2013, each team that has played in the Super Bowl has been either a number one or number two seed. Hmm. No, did not. Yeah. So 2013 Broncos, Seahawks, both one seeds. 2014 Patriots, Seahawks, both one seeds. 2015 Broncos, Panthers, both one seeds. I uh, had the same in 2017, Eagles-Patriots. The only time it was a little different. Last season, of course, Patriots-Rams, both the number two seed. And then 2016, had the Patriots as the one seed and then the Falcons as the number two seed. Interesting. I mean, hey, usually the best teams go. I mean, that's <laughs> that's uh, usually what happens. I, I, I don't really see the Titans winning this game um, unless you know the first half gets real out of hand, which I don't really expect it to get that crazy. Um, so, you know, I, I do expect the one seed to, to, to possibly, you know, move on here. Um, but then again, uh, can't just be sold hundred percent on the Ravens. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson's been great, but we know that the, uh, football definitely changes in the playoffs. So yep. we'll see what, you know, the playoff Lamar Jackson looks like, uh, coming Saturday. Oh my goodness. If Ryan Tannehill leads the Titans to the AFC conference championship, my goodness, my goodness. Yeah. And I mean, and honestly, I, I I guess as a football fan, I would like to see the Ravens move on. Not to jump ahead to our next game, but I believe the Chiefs will beat the Texans, and you know the Chiefs-Ravens AFC Championship would just be a dream come true for football fans. Absolutely, absolutely, and it'd be a rematch uh, from earlier this season. As of course, this this next playoff game is a rematch from earlier this season. We were got the Texans at the Chiefs. Chiefs nine and a half point favorites, minus four thirty five on the money line, with a total of fifty one. Uh, now this is kind of interesting because the NFL playoffs kind of adapted the uh, the new time slots for these games. Typically on the sun the uh, Sunday here in the second round, you'll see the games played at one four o'clock. Not the case. This one's going to be a three o'clock start here, uh, Eastern time anyway. Uh, I believe Kansas City's in the central time zone. I usually know my time zone's a lot better than that. But, uh, you know, again, the Texans won this game earlier this season in Kansas City, which is pretty interesting. But, again, as do I, uh, you know, you like the Chiefs here. So what uh, what are some of the reasonings to that? Well, they're a better team than <laughs> pretty much every aspect. I mean, you know, maybe at wide receiver, we see that the Texans, you know, have a wide receiver group that can compare to the Chiefs. And then when you throw the tight end situation in there, that kind of uh, a, um, eliminates that with Travis Kelsey being much better than uh, anything the Texans can throw out at wide receiver. I mean, they have the better coach. They have the better quarterback. Um, and surprisingly, to say this about a Chiefs team against the Romeo Cornell defense, I, even right now, I think the Chiefs have the better defense. Um, they're at home. When we look back at the game that they lost to the Texans, you know, it was back on October 13th. Um, the Chiefs' the offensive line was um, 
very banged up and injured. I, don't quote me, but I think they had three or four starters out that game on the offensive line. Uh, the defense was extremely banged up on the defensive line. So we're seeing a much different, or the Texans will be seeing, you know, a different chief personnel uh, whenever they show up in Kansas City on Sunday. Um, I'm not necessarily looking to lay the nine and a half. I won't be betting on the Chiefs. You know, I believe that they win this mm-hmm. game. Of course, there's no value in taking them at minus 400 plus. So for me, I'm going to roll the dice here and, and hope that the Texans can hang in there for a quarter and see if maybe uh, at some point in the first half I can find a way to get the Chiefs at minus seven or better. Um, again, not real confident with laying you know two scores um, in a playoff game for the simple fact is even if this one's over kind of in regards to the winner, you know, we don't want to lose something on a, on a backdoor cover. Uh, and the playoffs is definitely when, you know, a good coach like Andy Reed, um, who does understand time management and, you know, possessions and things like that. We could see a chief's team that is just looking to kind of burn the clock if they are up two or three scores late. So my angle on this is the chiefs win the game. You know, people were maybe in the money line parlays or if they really, really like the Niners or the Ravens, maybe you couple them with the Chiefs money line and and uh, try to scalp a little bit of profit out of there. You know, that's not really my game. Um, but again, my angle here is kind of just to hope maybe the Texans jump out to a seven or ten nothing lead and we get in live and, and find the Chiefs with a touchdown or under. Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, you talking about the Chiefs defense, of course, you know, the proof is in the pudding here. Uh, beginning on November 18th, so this was a game at the Chargers, so they allowed 17 points in that one, did not allow any more points uh, than 17 up until the regular season finale when they let uh, uh, 21 against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. But, um, yeah, absolutely, man. This KC defense is just doing some huge things. And, of course, I mean, you know, yes, the Texans won, and they helped me cover the two and a half there on Saturday. So thank you very much for that. But, again, that was essentially a game of, all right, no, I don't want it. No, you take it. No, you take it. But, finally, the Texans emerged with that. But, yeah, absolutely. I think the Chiefs are just rolling too much now to, uh, to be reckoned with at this point. I agree. All right. All right, let's get to the uh, finale of this one in the playoffs where we've got the Seattle Seahawks at the Green Bay Packers. Packers are four-point favorites. Lowest money line uh, total of the the slate here with the Packers at minus 195, and we've also got a total of 47 on this game. Uh, interesting number here. So, by the way, two uh, more public bets than any other are coming in on the Seahawks this week. I believe they're somewhere around the 63% range, which, you know, the public really isn't hammering anybody this week. But uh key number I saw here, which was pretty interesting, Russell Wilson's numbers at, uh, at Lambeau Field. They have not been good. Uh, in three career games there, he has yet to win. Uh, that goes up against, you know, three touchdowns, six interceptions in those games. We got a 27-degree uh, forecast on slate for Sunday. Do you think Do you think the Seahawks have a chance in this one, or will the Packers get it done? No, I think the Seahawks definitely have a chance um, in this one for sure. Um, I think there's a better play to be had uh then on the spread but if i were to lean you know one way or the other on the spread i would between these two i would rather have the points with seattle um than to be laying points with um, green bay but i think uh for me the play that i'll be taking and giving to clients uh will of course make it the second free the second and last free play for the podcast um i like the under 47 and a half 
or even under 47. I know different shops have it at different places. Uh, I think because of not just the weather, but that adds in as well. Um, Seattle's offensive line still isn't, you know, too, too great. Green Bay's defense I have rated really high. And then also um, one of the tells for me is the Green Bay offense just has been very inconsistent this year. And I believe that going up against a well-coached Seattle defense um, is going to keep this one low. You know, Green Bay's won five in a row uh, to end the season. But when we break down those games and, and really look at it, Aaron Rodgers just, you know, hasn't been the Aaron Rodgers of seasons past. Right. Not real sure if it's a personnel thing or if it's just still getting a grasp on the offense. Um, both teams will be looking to establish the run. That's what, you know, the offensive coordinators are looking to do. And um, I expect this one to go well under the uh, the total of 47 and a half. Yeah, I definitely like that play too. And some of the other, <laughs> I was uh, trying, I was scrambling trying to find that tweet that I saw about Russell Wilson, but also uh, in those three career games at Lambeau Field, he's got a career completion percentage of 53, uh, I'm sorry, 57.3. And he's only averaging 201.3 yards per game in those contests. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, I think a lot of the number um, is set based off of public perception. Whenever, you know, uneducated betters, they look and they see, well, Aaron Rodgers led offense on one side and Russell Wilson led offense on the other side. It makes you think that um, points are going to be heavily scored here. But, again, when we look at the makeup of these teams and what they're trying to do, you know, both teams want to run the ball. And if they're both successful in doing that, then, you know, we should see a lot of time chunked off the clock from the scoring drives. And if uh, either one of the teams really aren't able to do that, I'm not real impressed with either team's passing game. Um, Seattle seems to be a little more consistent with Russell Wilson in that regard. But um, Green Bay's defense, especially in the secondary, has played very, very well this year. Uh, They have a future lockdown corner in uh, Alexander who who they can use uh, to basically – you know, take away Seattle's best weapon or whatever weapon they choose to try to take away on third downs. So I see this one going well under the under. I don't even think that we'll be able to reach 40 points in this one. Ooh, that is so tasty because, you know, at some of these books, you can buy that total all the way down or up or whatever the hell you want to do with it. That could lead to a nice little uh, plus money situation there, folks. Uh, yeah, and I, I would also advise if, uh, if I am correct and we get off to that slow of a start, and you're able to, you know, at halftime get something um, really crazy to hedge. Um, I would say, you know, I really wouldn't want to go anything higher than, you know, over 35 here. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm correct in what I'm saying, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if we see this one be extremely low scoring with a 3-3 or 7 nothing game at the half. And in that case... Uh, maybe it'd be worth uh, hedging out and getting over something that's, you know, like I said, 35 or under. Sure. All right. Let's see here. Ah, oh, man. I was looking for the number. You know what? I guess FanDuel does. Oh, here we go. Alternate total. So let's see. If we can get under, under let's see, 40 and a half, right? We can go with that. You get plus 200 odds on that. So. Yeah. That's, you know, and again, um, if you're looking to be risky, that that could be the bet, and I do believe that that we're we're much more in the uh, the total area of 40 uh, than we are in 47 and a half. Um, at the end of the day, it's always good to get as much cushion as you want. 
So if you're looking to do something like that, I would maybe just advise just teasing it down just enough to get you into some plus money. Maybe plus 110, plus 120 would be uh, good enough. Sometimes when we look to get into two-to-ones and higher, um, of course, you're losing a lot of value in, in the um, the overall number. Indeed, indeed. All right. Well, I will certainly have that uh, checked off on my bookmark. and. Uh, you folks out there should do so as well. All right, so uh, this was Chris Dawson that we were with once again. Uh, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Cash Gritty. Uh, always got a lot of informative stuff out there for all the betters. And, of course, make sure you follow Sports Predictor. Uh, make sure you go to the website, of course, at sportspredictor.com, and then give us a follow there on Twitter at PredictorHQ. Chris I know, you know, after today, we're probably only going to have two more NFL pods left, but, uh, you know, we'll definitely make the most of that time there. So, um, what are you, uh, any, any closing thoughts here with, uh, with the divisional round games? Um, no, we'll, we'll recap the, the two free plays we gave away, uh, Titans first half money line and the Seattle green Bay under. And I will also add in that don't forget about the college football championship. I have it as a very high-rated game. So after you take these free plays, cash those tickets, head over to sportspredictor.com, and you can get the winner of the college football championship game on a one-day package, and it'll be well worth it. The, I think I can make my prediction of the year here. The Tigers are going to win. The Tigers will definitely win. The Tigers will raise the trophy. What color those tiger stripes are <laughs> is the more important answer. Maybe yellow or orange. Indeed, indeed. And that's right, folks. You find them at sportsprotector.com. All right, a big thanks to Chris Dawson once again. Uh, also, make sure you go to sportsprotector.com and find all those great plays. We will see you next week with some uh, conference championship talk. Very excited about that. See you later, awesome. folks. Thanks, so. Al. Later.